Welcome to Swapping Paint, the podcast that rubs doors with the cream of the crop in motorsport today. With your host, 18 times Australian champion, Dave Sarah. Welcome back to Swapping Paint. I'm your host, Dave Sarah. Today's guest started his car racing career when he was 12 years of age in Formula V New Zealand before embarking on a motor racing career in Australia. He now finds himself racing for the Kelly Racing, driving number seven Ned's Whiskey Mustang. We welcome you, Andre Heimgard. Mate, hey. how you doing? <laughs> yeah, good. Just been playing around this thing all day. Mate, you, um, you had a good night last night. I see you had three top six finishes. Yeah, it was right. We managed to stay out of trouble while in most of them. The last one, I think I had three of the biggest shots I ever had in my life, and we still finished um, seventh or eighth or something. So it's pretty crazy. Um, it's uh, it's something different, but it was actually good fun. So yeah, really enjoyed it. There was so much positive feedback. Like obviously, you know, people taking it seriously, which is great. But obviously, it was just a good entertainment. You know, we haven't seen you guys on the racetrack for quite some time now, so it's just cool to get you guys on the TV. And um, yeah, it looked like good fun. Yeah, it's good. It's the there's not many live sports going nowadays. So for something like that to be there and the interaction and how you could see us without our helmets on and the in the simulators, obviously, is something pretty cool. And um, it's interesting from my point of view because we have like in-game chat. And yeah, yeah. Never can you normally talk to each other like in the race and the amount of bitching that was going on and people blowing up is um is pretty hilarious. But um. Yeah, really good fun. I think it's really good initiative, and I think the numbers were incredible for the amount of people that viewed it, which is good for motorsport in general. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I heard that Dave Reynolds was uh, was taking quite a few guys out at Phillip Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all having a bit of a go. So um, it's really hard in that because we all know when you race that sort of stuff, it's really hard to get your spatial awareness. And um, like you can almost be about half a meter away from someone, and then you send them off into the boonies, um, which is really weird. It's just a bit of a, a sort of a computer glitch. So um, yeah, a bit annoying, but um, overall really good, entertaining, and I hope everyone sort of enjoyed it. One of the guys just asked, has uh, asked a question. How much does a simulator sort of cost? So looking at the one that you've got behind you, what are we sort of looking at in regards to getting something like that set up? Um, so there's all sorts of different stuff. Though. So this is mine. Um, so it's how long is a piece of string but yeah. for example I have three screens you can sort of have one um, this is a direct drive wheel um, you can sort of start with the Logitech type system if you want and yep. there's so many things up there um, I obviously have the, the um, sequential shifter and bars like in the car there but you can just have simple other ones there um, the frames you can get pretty simple frames again but something like this I'd say would be um, about 10 or 12 grand okay yep um, and then you, uh, you could you could build one for probably um, two and a half on a budget, or even yes. less. If you have a good computer somewhere, just get a Logitech, hook it up, and uh, download iRacing, and you get a month. So it's a cool thing about iRacing; you don't have to have the best gear. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I get flogged by people on a hundred dollar yeah. steering wheels. So. It doesn't really matter too much. And it's cool for these young kids to be able to join an iRacing race and have the likes of yourself yeah. and Van Gisbergen and Anton just competing at the same time as well. So that's actually pretty exciting as well. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's um, a bit nerve-wracking sometimes when I go in under my own name or, you know, I sometimes think I should do an alias. you so got a target on your back. Because <laughs> when I go, it's always funny in qualifying, they always follow me and try and get the draft off me thinking I'm going to be fast. <laughs> but then 
high enough to You're stuff it up, up and rooting them. Yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty funny, but um, it's all good fun. And how did the Formula One thing come out the other night? So we saw your race for the Renault F1 team in the virtual eSport race. How does that come about, mate? Uh, so that was through BP, so um, just one of our sponsors that we had. and It was really random. They messaged me probably four days before the event, and um, they said, do you want to do it? And I, I just, without thinking, was like, oh, okay, that sounds like good fun. I'll do it. And then once I got into it, I'm like, oh, this is a bit more serious than I thought. And with only three days to sort of get ready, um, it was pretty intense. So it was a good experience. I'm not glad it's over, but there was a lot of stress to get ready in that time. And then the day after, uh, we had the supercar um, yeah. sort of warm-up stuff and everything. So I was trying to do two at once, which is really hard. And clearly, they're nothing, nothing the same. So uh, very, very stressful. But the, it was actually really fun to do. It was really interesting having the cars with DRS and the aero and all that sort of stuff and that game is quite realistic from you know what that they said and one of the coolest things was that i had the headset on and i was we were racing around and i had like charles leclerc talking to me that's and cool george russell we were in the latifi and stuff like this i'm like oh geez this is actually pretty cool so yeah you know sort good of a stuff. lifetime opportunity i guess so. for sure for sure and for some of the guys who are tuning in we i read that you started uh, formula v when you were 12 years of age did you yep. do any kart racing or did you basically just start in Formula V in race cars? Yeah, so I did uh, go-karting, but it was mainly just for a bit of fun. So it was mainly with my father. He um, raced. I followed him around. I really wanted to get into something. And it wasn't really something we did serious. Um, we sort of did one meeting a month, if that. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it was just in the back of a trailer. I think I, over the six years I did go-karting, I only had three different go-karts. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. So, you do it on the yeah. budget. It's only meant to be a hobby sport yeah. anyway. Yeah, exactly. So just, just having fun, not, none of the best stuff. But it was really where your passion grew and your knowledge really went from there. You don't need to have, in my opinion, I didn't need to have the flash of stuff. I just yep. need to have something to be out there, get amongst it and have fun. And it taught you the fundamentals of what you you know, you know do now. Do you have, um, who's sort of the biggest influence in your career so far? Um, there's been a sort of a few different people along the way. There's been people like Paul Morris who... Um, I've done a fair bit of stuff with when I was younger. Um, a few sort of different people like that. A guy in New Zealand, John Crawford, who runs okay. um, a former board school over there. He was really influential early on. I used to be very useless at racing. <laughs> um, and it just was something that I, we just worked on. I went there and did numerous test days for months and months and months and just... Um, you know, worked on it, worked on it, worked on it, and then eventually, um, you know, managed to stumble across something. So it just shows you that you don't, if you hop in and you're not, you know, fastest when yep. you first hop in, it doesn't mean that you haven't got it or whatever. It's you need that persistence, don't you? Time, but, pardon? You need the persistence to keep, you know, keep going yeah. at it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, um, yeah, it just takes a long time. Like I've been racing 19 years or something, and you've obviously been racing a lot, probably longer than that. Yeah. But, um, it's something you just you never stop learning um and as i get older you know i think now i know everything i could know but uh, every year i just learn more and um yeah adapt and get better for sure that's that's really good advice for some of the kids who are tuning in like it's just about persistence mm. and you never stop learning and it's good to listen to other people as well because you might think you know what you know you know everything but it's not always the case now it's time for the punt brought to you by 27 design your go-to for all motorsport-specific graphic design, specialising in creating a new and unique look for your race car or cart or both. Mm. Um, we've yeah. got a segment called The Punt. So it's basically 
rewinding back to the earlier days, who's the one time you've just taken someone out deliberately? Like you've just you've just offloaded them. Can you recall a moment? We don't uh, we don't condone that sort of stuff, but you know, just living in memories. Um, it's not something I necessarily do because I don't get in too many biffos on the track. Well, that's a good thing. That, that is a, that is a good thing. Which is a good thing. And I, I'm not I'm not a real uh, vicious person, so it's, um, trying to think. Oh, my, one of my teammates, Nick McBride at Bathurst. Yes. So um, the rate the meeting before he used me up hard on the exit of um, the first corner, and okay. we're battling for the lead. So then. I always kept that in the back of my mind, and in the next round, um, we did the same off the start, and I was on the inside this time, and I was random straight out off onto the grass and the yeah. gravel trap. So um, that was yeah, pretty funny. We still joke about it now, but um, yeah, that was probably the only time I've done saying hundred percent deliberate and, uh, and stuff them over. But um, you don't really want to get into those situations too no, much, no, hopefully. No. But um, because like, my biggest problem with that is that, like, normally I'll be having a good race, and then I'm with them, and then it's like. Well, I don't want to ruin well, my race. <laughs> for sure, for sure. We've had one of the kids yeah, asking, what sort of training have you been doing now that uh, that facilities are closed? Obviously, we know you train with Josh Webb at 1% one, uh, performance. What yep. sort of stuff have you been doing? Yeah, so um, in my house here, I'll show you. I have a sauna. Okay. Oh, wow. Gee, that's so impressive. I do a bit of um, sauna stuff, so a bit of heat stuff, and that really helps us with... Um, obviously keeping your body fat low and um, getting you climatized to the heat because we're not going to be in a car for a while. You don't get that sort of heat yep. shock, I suppose, to your body and um, it sort of keeps me in that zone. Um, and then also I have in my garage, I have a bit of a, a sit-up here. So, um, We've seen you taking it a lot more seriously over the last few years with Josh and it's definitely, you know, you've seen results sharply improve since that's happened. Yeah, well, it's about... Everything, like, um, you know, there's no science, I guess, about anything, but um, it's going to help you, so why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, correct. Um, it's not a thing, and if you're going to do it, you might as well do it properly. So um, this is sort of my garage here. I have a bit of a bike and TV and stuff, and we do um, a bit of stuff there, and there's some basic weights and yep. stuff like that. So, yeah, keep, keeps me active, and um, unfortunately, I can't go and do anything, so um, I've, everything's simulated now. I ride yeah. my bike, it's on a simulator. <laughs> I drive the car on a simulator, so I can't wait to get back to actually doing something. I can understand. We're going to finish on, we've got a motorsport quiz, so yep. um, it's a bit of a mixture of, uh, of questions here. Uh, at the moment, there's nine questions, six is the leader, and Michael Caruso is bringing up the bottom at four, so we'll try and get more than four. Um, the youngest Formula One winner? Charles Leclerc, or no? Max Verstappen. Ah. So, and then this one is going to be hard, but how many World Karting Championships has David Foray won? David who? David Foray from Italy. He's about 45 years of age. Know who that is. Just take uh, a number, take a pick. What World Championships? Yeah. Six? Four. In, in which country is the karting circuit Sarno? So, again, you're not going to know much about karting, but just think the Sarno European track, one of those European ones. Think. Uh, like last night, something like last night, somewhere around that region. I don't know, Spain, I think. Italy, I was trying to give it to you. I was trying to give you the region. <laughs> <laughs> what racing number did Jeff Gordon make famous during his NASCAR career? The, I'm really useless at this. The stuff, DuPont uh, car, mate. Think the DuPont car. You've seen you've seen Jeff Gordon race for 20 years. Yeah, but I don't really follow NASCAR. Oh much, no, so that's the problem. Oh, we're, we're in big sure. trouble. Okay, we're gone here. This is not going to be. I'm going to get the record for the least amount. 
Okay, how many Bathurst 1000s has Peter Brock won? The King of the Mountains. Surely we can get that. Nah, I'd be guessing. No, Brocky. Brocky is <laughs> an Australian legend. Supercars. I'm New Zealander, mate. I I'm understand, mate, but you race at the mountains. Called King <laughs> of the Mountain. <laughs> we don't know? Oh, no. I'll go with six again. Nine. Peter. Nine, nine. Brocky's won nine. That's a lot. That's okay. a lot more than I thought. Okay, we're struggling here. Let's see if we can get, get one. Um, who is the only driver to win the Triple Crown in motorsport? So that's Le Mans 24 Hour, Monaco Grand Prix, and Indy 500. He's a is UK... it like a recent driver? No, 1960s UK driver. His son has raced Formula One since as well. He's obviously a UK driver as well, won a world championship. UK. Um, Damon Damon's dad. I'm not sure if that gives anything. Oh, like, uh, like Hill, whatever yeah, his name yeah, is. Yeah, Graham Hill. We'll give you that. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll give you one. <laughs> <laughs> Who did Michael Schumacher debut for in Formula One? Was it Sauber or? It was Jordan. Huh? Again, I don't know half Jordan. these questions. I've Googled them myself. <laughs> yeah. Which circuit has the corner Ascari? Now, I'm, you can't knock at this. Yeah, well, Monza. Huh? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. we've gotten two. Go. And the last one you're going to have no hope on. It was an IndyCar question. When did the first Indy 500 take place? The two yeah, IndyCar no. drivers got it. I wouldn't have got that 1911. So we're on two. That's that's us. We've got it. Uh, at least we got something on the board. Yeah. Jesus. The Brocky one. Hey, um, look, thank you very much for joining us. We obviously really appreciate you taking right. the time out of your simulation stuff. Um, all the best to the upcoming eSports series. And, um, yeah, well, like I said, really appreciate your time. No worries. Thank you. Good to be on. Mate, take it easy, Andre. We'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Next time on Swapping Paint, we talked to recently signed Renault Sport Academy driver Oscar Piastri. Oscar discusses his rise from Australian karting to becoming the first Australian to win the Formula Renault Championship. If you want to find me online, go to Facebook and type in Dave Serra or at Instagram, Serra Driver Development. And just a reminder, if you like this episode of Swapping Paint, be sure to click the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Leave us a review or ask questions so we can ask our future guests. Big thanks to Tom Evans for his production work in putting these together.